No Ketchup Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch-Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick Nick. Harvey on the line. What's happening? What's going on, man? Man, it was a great weekend of sports. We're going to talk weekend recap. Wilder Fury 2 was out of control. A lot to talk about there. I was on the right side. Fury, I was trying to tell these people nobody wanted to listen. We're going to talk about that. He's now talking about, Wilder's talking about his entrance suit was too heavy, so he didn't have any legs. We're going to break that down. RIP Kobe Bryant. The memorial was last night in LA at Staples. It was um, a very grand event. It was very somber, but uh, it was a celebration, and uh, we're going to talk about our favorite moment from Kobe's memorial. Then we're going to get into some NBA talk. We're going to talk about Embiid getting fired up about beating the Hawks and scoring a career-high 49 points. Is it time to free Brad Beal from the Wizards? We'll break that down. Had back-to-back 50-point games last night. What would Zion have to do to win Rookie of the Year? I want your take on that quick. I I think it's an interesting – because I think he can catch him. I think it's an interesting spot. Then – We'll get into the NFL Combine. Where are we at with the Combine? How do we feel about it? People are talking about Joe Burrow has small hands. He commented on it. Mahomes commented on it. We'll get into that. And then we out of here. What's the business? What's going on? You're not in Iowa, are you? No. Back back in, uh, back in the motherland, man. You know, happy to be back in the great state of Illinois. I'm feeling good, bro. It was a fight weekend, man. Anytime it's a fight weekend, man, sign me up, man. I, every time there's a fight, you know what I think of? That um, that weekend, remember it was like, what, like five or six years ago where we started off our day. We went to Conway Farms for the PGA Tour Championship. Then we went back to my crib. I think there was a big NBA game on. It was a playoff game, right? Yeah, and it was playoff then, game. It was um, Nick. It was uh, Bulls somebody, I'm pretty sure. Bulls, yeah. I mean, it would have been a Bulls, yeah, Bulls Celtics or something like that. Um, and then it led into, uh, what was that? Mayweather and, uh, was that Mayweather and Canelo? Exactly right. Yeah, it was Mayweather and Canelo. That was so, an like, all-timer. Like, all-time day. I mean, really? And I think the Derby, I think the Derby was on too, wasn't it? There's one, I don't know if we're talking about the same day, but there was a day yeah. where I literally woke up and it was playoff basketball. Mayweather was fighting at night. The Derby was on. It was craziness. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we went to Conway Farms that day. So maybe I'm mixing in the Derby into another day. But, like, just in general, man, you know those. I love it, man. Nothing like the fight. Uh, I think we both have tweeted that out. Like, this fight night for me, um, you know, it's just it's, it's the night, bro. It was, it was great. You got something to look forward to. It was great. Yeah, you're Loved soft it. for not coming to watch. You ain't, where, where did you even yeah. end up watching it? So I watched it at the crib, man. My girl wanted to watch, but she didn't feel like going out. So I was just like, fuck it. We'll just order it at the crib, made some food. You know, have a few drinks, kind of chilled. Handcuffed. Yeah. Handcuffed by the moment. Bro, you know, bro, you know me. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm happy at the crib, bro. I'm good. I got everything I need. 
You should have spent that seventy at the table. We had a good time. We went to Poorhouse. Yeah, it was no, fun. That was the only thing. Yeah, it was kind of hefty on the on the on the price tag on it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, once you bro, once you factor in Ubers and all that shit, I'd have been like two hundred deep sitting at the table watching the game. Easy. Yeah, it probably so. And I got and I got to pay for her like three three hundred dollars. Gee, but like, you could have put <laughs> you could have put four hundred on Fury, and been back good. I could have, I could have, I could have covered my night next time, man. Next time I'll listen to you on that. Listen, you know, my bro. boy, Bam, my boy Bambino didn't say nothing, man. So I stood pat. You know I mean? <laughs> he don't. He only, dude. He only does football. He's not talking no boxing. Yeah, he does. No, nah, he gave me a bro. He gave me a hockey line one time that was. Oh uh, yeah, he does jump into that. He does dabble <laughs> in that. But yeah. look, the atmosphere at Poorhouse was fire. We had a decent little table, and it was you know it was free admission. Everybody come in, and watch the fight. It was packed, and it was it was split. Like half the people were rooting for Fury, half the people were rooting for Wilder, and obviously the Wilder people were pretty quiet as soon as the fight started. Listen, bro, I thought Fury was gonna win. I was not expecting it to go like that. It was an absolute dismantling, embarrassing. He embarrassed him from the moment the opening bell. Went off to the very last second before they stopped the fight in the in the what eighth round? Yeah, uh, seventh wasn't it? Seventh, seventh or eighth? Either way, yeah. It was a complete and utter domination, and Fury did exactly what he said he was going to do. What yeah. are your, What are you? What give me your opening thoughts? Yeah, I mean you're 100 percent right. I mean he smacked him up pretty much from the beginning. I think. Um, I want to say that Wilder came out decent in the first round, but after that, it was pretty much downhill. And I was even saying by, like, the fifth, this this fight's not going to last too much longer because he was just knocking him around. And the thing that got crazy is Wilder just stopped throwing punches. So anybody who thinks that, like, oh, they called this fight too early or anything like that, for a good three rounds, he just stopped throwing punches. You know what I mean? If you look at the, the comedy box just, scores and all that stuff. He was just he was trying just to stand, stand up straight, bro. Himself. Yeah, he was pretty much just trying to stand up straight not get knocked out. Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously he wasn't able to connect with that right hand, but, you know, we talked about the other day, you know, I said it, he's not a, he's not a boxer, man. He's not like a, a technician. He's not going to sit up in there and try to pick you apart. He just happens to have the most lethal, you know, Trump card that you can have. Right. So when it came down to boxing, which is what he needed to do against Fury, he couldn't do it. He was just getting smacked around. So, yeah, I think he saw, you kind of saw the flaws of Wilder on that fight. You know what I mean? And then and, and Fury just smacked him up. He dominated him. Um, I thought he looked way out of shape, and I didn't think he was, you know, going to be able to last like that. But, you know, he definitely proved me wrong, man. I it, was, it was a total and complete clinic. The whole entrance was crazy. Fury's whole, Fury's whole persona with uh, getting carried in like a king and all that. He was confident. Well, I think he seemed that, more confident than Wilder. The whole like the pregame shit, all that. So did shit, you take that. the did you take the pre-fight him chilling and laughing and just joking around his confidence and not a lot of people. It was I thought he looked confident because he looked just so relaxed. He just looked loose. Other yeah, people, spirit, other people, Wilder just, looked tense. Yeah, other people. He, that's just how Wilder is, though. But yeah, he did yeah. look a lot more tense. But some people were like, "Man, Fury." Is too relaxed. He looks like he showed up. Is going to collect this check and go ahead and bounce the body here. Twenty five million at least. They were like, "Yeah, yeah. he's just going to come in here." 
I yeah. didn't get that vibe at all, man. That dude's a brawler. Like, I don't, I don't think he's gonna mail it in or just be like, "Fuck it, I'm getting paid regardless." You know, what I mean, I don't think, no, nah, I don't think he was gonna pull. I, I call that the McGregor, but I don't think he was gonna do that. But <laughs> you know, what I mean, um, but yeah, I think that uh, that's just how he is. Man, you gotta be who you are. You know what I mean? And if that's the way that he chills and like, again, being an out of shape looking guy and like his whole thing, that's how he is, man. And that's how he's gotten to where he is. So if he would have been walking around looking all intense and, you know, looking like Wilder looked, I probably would have been more nervous for him at that point because it's like, wow, he's out of character. Clearly this is affecting him. But if he's just sitting back chilling, doing his thing, man, shout out to him, man. That's how that's how he is. And obviously it worked for him. People always want to analyze that shit as if everybody's supposed to be a certain way. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Not that. everybody is a locked-in type competitor, man. Like, I look at it like a Shaq, Shaq versus Kobe type situation, right? Like, you look at Kobe, he's like a locked-in, like, serious type guy. Whereas the dude with Shaq was always kind of joking around, having a great time. But when it was time to go, you didn't want to see Shaq coming down the tunnel. You know what I mean? And when it's time to go, you didn't want to see Fury. So that's just how they are, man. People are different, man. 100% well said. I think I've said this so many times and we've talked about this. For whatever reason, in a lot of big spots, people don't want to believe what they're seeing. We saw Fury fight Wilder already and we saw him beat him to death. Beat him to death may be a little strong, but he beat him up pretty much the whole fight and got knocked down twice, and it was a draw. So they're going to they're gonna link up, match, box another time, six what? Like eight months later, Fury has completely switched trainers to a more offensive fighting technical style at Kronk Gym under Sugar Hill. And people still didn't want to believe Fury could win. I just don't understand. What do you think that's about? Is it just people were just are people just enamored so much by the knockout that they just ignored what they saw and Fury yeah. Wilder won? Because you because you were on Wilder. Help me understand. That. I was on Wilder heavy too because I think it was in the Ortiz fight is the same thing. Man, he never he doesn't look good, right? So it's like in a fight like that fight against Fury where he just wasn't able. I mean, he caught him with the right hand. Fury was just able to take it. Um, but you always, it's just always there. And it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to believe until his right hand, until I have a reason not to. And now I guess I have my reason not to, I mean, against Fury at least, but yeah, I was very confident that he he never looks like a fucking masterful boxer, man. He's always kind of out there flailing around, doing his thing, hunting with that right hand and, and then waiting for it to connect. So I don't think it's crazy to think that like, Wilder could have caught him with that, and that would have been lights out because that's what Wilder does. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think that's just kind of what I was waiting for, and it just never happened. And the, and he was getting his ass beat while waiting to land that shot, and that that's what did him in. But he had nothing else to go to. You know what I mean? Like he was literally sitting there hunting with that right hand, and he had nothing else to go. He to. just Fury is a. You know how we always talk about matchups. Fury, Fury is an absolute. The worst possible case scenario for Deontay Wilder. He's first off, he's 6'9". And then on top of him being 6'9", he added, what, another 30 or 40? He added like 30 pounds. He came in at 273. 
then you add on on top of that he's going to be offensive and be in your grill and back you down the whole fight. He never, Wilder never had a chance. And I don't even know, the the how do you see the third fight going? It has to be the same way, right? Uh, yeah, and, and, and well, some people are saying there isn't going to be a third fight. Some people are saying that there is. Now, he I, confirmed. I think, he confirmed already. Yeah, I think personally, if you're Wilder, I mean, yeah, what else are you going to do but fight Fury again? I mean, there's really no, no one else for him to fight because the Joshua fight is going to be for the, whenever this is done, the next person gets Joshua. So I don't really know where else Wilder is going to go unless he's just going to fight some bums and some tune-up fights. But, yeah, I, the third fight, I don't – unless Deontay Wilder becomes a boxer in the next 12 months, I don't see it happening any differently. At all. Like, I don't think – yeah, I don't think it was like, oh, he needs to adjust this, he needs to adjust that. He needs to change entirely who he is to beat this guy. And, like, I wouldn't recommend that. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's worked 42 other times. So, I mean, it's just, again – it is what it is, man. It's competition, man. There's somebody you can't beat. He might not be able to be. He, he can't. I don't think he can beat this dude. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think he can beat this no. dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think he should wait for for Fury and Joshua, and then take the take the next fight after that. Get to Joshua, you know, somehow. I don't know who else is hanging out in the heavyweight. They, but no, they, they're not going to. I think the next fight's going to have to be between them. There's no way. Why would Fury risk losing in between the rematch? He's not going to do that. They're going to they're gonna fight in the next eight, six to eight months is what I, I would think. I don't think he's worried about Anthony Joshua at I all. I mean, he shouldn't be, but you know how that goes. Then they'll just they'll yeah. just set up another payday for that. So True. now we get it's, – t- it's Tuesday right now. We're recording this on, what, the 26th? Yeah. Yesterday – Deontay Wilder comes out. Now, what you before I get to what he said about the fit, the fit was extremely hard. I thought the fit was tough. The fit was super <laughs> tough. <laughs> well, I had read about it before. They said he spent like forty grand on his fit uh, to come out, so I was excited to see it. But yeah, the fit was extremely tough. The fit was extremely tough. Crucial, like Marvel Comics type. Yes, thing. it was super crucial. Yeah, the light ups with the fucking red shit coming out the mask. The shit was it was hard. Yeah, bro. the fit was hard as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, looked, he looked like a villain, no doubt. Yeah, that shit was hard as fuck. So, and he's like six seven. He's like a menacing looking dude already. Like, yeah, that shit was tough. But I got some questions. So Deontay Wilder, he comes out and says, Fury didn't hurt me at all. And I quote Deontay Wilder. But the simple fact is my uniform was too heavy for me. I didn't have no legs from the beginning of the fight. I didn't think it was going to be that heavy. It weighed 40 pounds with the helmet and all the batteries. Dog, look. I got I got a couple questions. First off, yeah. I don't know if you caught the walk-in to the actual arena. Yeah. They showed Fury walk-in, and it looked like Fury pulled up in the back, hopped out of whatever car he was in, and walked five minutes to the locker room. They cut to this guy, Wilder. Him and his girl are no bullshit, are walking for 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. He's walking yeah, through that. the casino floor. He's walking through back rooms. At one point, he got on an escalator. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, is this guy walking from the Bellagio? Like, where is this guy <laughs> coming from? He's like, strip, is this guy yeah. just walking the strip to the fight? Like, I didn't understand that. Did you Did you notice how long the walk-in was? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah. this is a little odd that he he's walking through the whole casino, through back rooms, 
getting on escalators to get to the, the, the locker room where he's supposed to be relaxing. It was almost like he was trying to take in the whole spectacle and was worried about his walk-in and this pre-fight suit and didn't really think it through with actually trying how that would impact him winning the fight. Or how heavy it was going to be, yeah. But so, I mean, another either, question yeah, yeah. about how heavy it is. Don't tell me this is the first time you put it on. Yeah. If If somehow... The first time you put this final product of the 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 walk-in entrance fit on is right before you walked on is absolutely ridiculously poor planning. That just cannot be the option that you didn't realize yeah. it was going to be this heavy with all the batteries, bro. You should have had this shit on three or four times before you thought about walking out. My right. next question is I guess he succumbed to the pressure of he already paid for this outfit. He was looking forward to wearing it. But if you put it on, my G, and it's too fucking heavy, don't wear it. Yeah. Wear the mask. Just wear the mask. Yeah, just wear, just wear the mask. Yeah. Like, that, that was the, like, you could have easily just answered it that way. Wear the mask, leave all that armor shit off. And then maybe after, throw it on, take a picture. Yeah, if, you, if you get the exactly. W and be like, man, I was going to wear this. It ended up being too heavy. I, I So I couldn't rock it. But rock the mask. The fact that, and I know me and you talk about this shit all the time. This is not something you admit after the fact either. You don't come out to the media and say, yo, man, my intro fit was too heavy. That's why my let... It, it, it never goes over well. No. Keep that within house. Tell your homies that. Be like, man, I think I fucked up with the fit. I got in the ring and my legs were shot. Listen, man. That fit had nothing to do with it, all right? Like, maybe it was you said that, oh, you, oh, you said that shit is foo-foo? Because I, cause, cause uh, I can see it. Because I can see no, that can being see, a problem. No, definitely like that. Definitely like you. Uh, look, man, if you have a choice between walking out with 40 pounds worth of shit on and not walking out with 40 pounds worth of shit on before a fight, obviously the better idea is not to do it, right? So to say that it had no effect, no. I mean, it, you're, you're, yeah, it, it absolutely had an effect, especially in a fight where, like, you need every single ounce of energy. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to play with none of that shit. That's why these dudes are so crazy about all that. Um, but to your point, number one, you should have known how heavy it was. I've never bought anything for $40,000. But if I did, I definitely would have tried the motherfucker off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and known the known the dimensions and all that. You know, I'm not buying. For, I'm not spending forty grand sight unseen. It's just not happening. Right. Number two, he was outclassed the entire fight. Like I said, outside of that little stretch in the in the in the first round, he was outclassed the entire fight. Yes, yeah, second so round. I don't think I don't know what his legs could have been in perfect condition. He wasn't winning that fight. He just wasn't winning that fight. He didn't seem like a fighter that didn't have legs. He seemed like a fighter that didn't have a plan. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't. And again, even if it is the case, to your point, you don't come out and say it because it makes it seem like you're making an excuse. You just keep you know that I mean? shit. You just you just keep that shit in house. Say, hey, you know what? I came out. I lost. Appreciate the fans for coming out. It was a great show. I'll be back. You know, I'm going to get in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go spend a couple of these M's and I'll uh, keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Exactly right, straight like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Did and it, you know what's crazy though? Like a quick side. 
like that tells you how much like of, and we, we know but like how much of a force floyd was that like this is the biggest heavyweight fight and since we were kids and the purse is 25 mil floyd was out here getting 100 million to fight a ufc fighter <laughs> yeah i mean he was getting he was getting big big money fighting nobodies at, at, nobody like, in between where Koda, there was no one Koda, else to fight well Koda wasn't a nobody but by the time he fought Koda, I mean, he just got out of jail. He got like 30, 40 million for that fight. Yeah, he had a bunch of fights where it was like, man, these guys are whack. But yeah, that's, dude, Mayweather was expert marketer and just everyone loved to watch him fight. And the, yeah, the pay-per-view numbers were stupid. But overall, man, look, good good weekend for boxing. I think that, uh, you know, it sucks that it's not an American because I think that's what they really need is an American they can market. Even though Wilder was the heavyweight champ, they never... He never resonated with American fans. Like you said, you were at the bar and it was half and half. And clearly you're watching the fight in the United States of America, right? So, um, you know, I think that that's an that's a issue that they got to try to figure out and find that American heavyweight. Um, but overall, man, hey, look, people paid attention to the sport. Wilder's a compelling guy. You got some, some fights already lined up, whether it be Wilder and Fury 2 or Fury and Joshua or whatever you want to do. I just hope that boxing capitalizes on this momentum and brings more people to this sport because I, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoy it. I had a hard time coming to this and and this conclusion and saying it out loud till I actually rewatched the fight. From the starting bell, Wilder knew he was in trouble, and I would go as far to say that he was scared of Tyson Fury. Wow! You could see it in his face. As, especially as the fight went on, he knew he had absolutely no answer for this guy, and he was scared. Yeah. I, you, is that going too far? Because, I mean, that's what it looked like to me. He looked scared. Yeah, it's, it's always hard for me to call another dude scared. You know what I mean? Like, he was actually scared, but I think he was shocked. I think he was stunned and, and realized, hold up, this is not going to be what I thought it was. Like, dude, again, man, I think he's so confident in that right hand that, like, He's never really had to worry about it, and he had to worry about it in this fight. So, yeah, I think, you know, you kind of saw what happened. It was a breakdown. He had no, he had nothing else to do. He's got one out. That's it. You know, so I, I don't know if he was scared. I didn't see fear. But, I mean, once he started getting touched, you could see where this was going. Absolutely. How do you feel about the stoppage? And, and uh, I mean, I think we're both on the same page that, the stoppage was fine because he was literally get, they could have stopped the fight two rounds before that, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. But how do you feel about the going out on my shield? Should should yeah. your trainer ignore that in a spot like that? I don't give a fuck what you yeah, told that's me. The trainer's the trainer's responsibility is to protect the fighter. Regardless, I mean, regardless, the trainer's responsibility is to protect the fighter. If he leaves him in there and God forbid something happens to him, like, you know, I mean, that trainer's never sleeping again. You know, I mean, not to mention professionally and all that he's ruined. But yeah, I mean, when your fighter stops throwing punches and is no longer I mean, he was defending himself, but he was no longer throwing any punches or trying to win the fight. You know, I mean, it's pretty clear at that point that, yeah, you got to. You got to, you know, you got to throw in the towel. He wasn't, and there was no path to victory. So when you're looking at a fight, a sport like boxing, that's brutal and takes that kind of toll on you. And you're looking at your fighter and you're saying, is my fighter has no path to victory. Then yeah, you know, you got to throw in the towel. I have no problem with it. Yeah. 
I agree. You want to you want to you want to fall on that shield, but you don't want to die on that shield. You know what I mean? So, absolutely not. I'm yeah, not, man. No. Fuck all that noise. That the he was taking a beating. Get him out of the ring. Take the L like a champ. Come back better. There's I, I, I your, yeah you're good you got paid you're right good. I get the whole thing that I don't it's embarrassing at the end of the day right like you quit your boys are like no you can't handle none of this anymore it's over with it's embarrassing I get it but you got to save the athlete from himself kind of like the the concussions in the NFL like yeah. none of these guys would go out of the game if they didn't want, if they weren't pulled out right ever ever so you got to save them not a chance. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's his job. That's what he needs to do. He needs to protect his fighter. Deontay Wilder still has plenty of fights left in him, man. So, you know, that's and that's what I'm telling him, you know, the next day. Like, hey man, you still got a lot of fights, a lot of earning power left in you. I'm not gonna have you sit in there and just get permanent brain damage because this dude's just gonna start pummeling on you and you're not throwing any punches. He stopped throwing punches, man. The fight was over. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. It was uh it was over with. All right, let's switch over to Kobe Bryant. The memorial was yesterday at Staples. Probably the best memorial I've ever seen. The the plan, the speakers, the performance, everything about it was very well done. The, the video chop up and edits of him speaking and highlights and everything came together really well. Jimmy Kimmel kind of hosted the thing, if you yeah. want to put it that way. What'd you think, man? What was, uh, man, it was not that I was expecting it not to be somber, but it was, I, man, I was like at the crib crying watching it. No, no lie. It, it, it was really tough to watch. I, uh, I enjoyed everything that everyone had to say. What were uh, your initial thoughts? No, I thought it was really well put together, man. Um, you know, I didn't know too much about it going in, so I think. Um, you know, when his wife spoke and, you know, really spoke for a long time, uh, I was, I was number one surprised and number two, just, uh, you know, really, it was just awesome to kind of not awesome, but I don't know the right word to use. No, but she I mean, did I think we could... job. Her, her speech, what she said, it was very heartfelt. Like it was strong, um, that she was able to get up there and do that. Like, I don't think I would have been able to do that. And she really had a great speech and, you know, just said a lot of lot of good things and it was emotional and you know it was funny and and that one yeah that one like really you know really grabbed me if, I, if anything got me emotionally it was definitely her her speech man so i mean i think that was powerful and then obviously you know all the speakers you know it was michael jordan and Shaq and uh what's her name sabrina inescu and tarasi and all that um i thought it was just great man it was a really good job but i, I just can't i can't understate like the impact of uh vanessa bryant's speech i think that that was really powerful yeah, and I think and you could, courageous, you know, courageous is the guess of the word I was looking for. For sure. I mean, awesome, courageous, strong. It was just a really strong for her to get up there and, and say what she did in, in front of everybody and how how well she kind of said it and kept it together. I thought it was just very brave, very strong, and it was just awesome to see her come up and, you know, put on for Kobe. Essentially at the end of the day, she's she's speaking to her daughter and then speaking to Kobe, right? So I thought it was such a it was it was an awesome thing to do. I don't mind using that word to uh describe that. What was your favorite moment? I like to 
think about the I guess the positive things that people were highlighting was there was there a favorite thing that maybe Polinka said or Shaq went over Shaq had a joke that I thought was really really funny um but anything besides Vanessa jump out at you that made you think about maybe your situation with homies family or do you would you rather shed a highlight or just something that you enjoyed from the the whole memorial yeah, I don't think anything made me really like reflect on any situations I have currently. But uh, I mean, obviously, it's been talked about a lot. But I think just overall Jordan's speech, like you know, Michael Jordan, like obviously he played here. Like everybody knows who he is. Like he's the most famous, arguably at one time the most famous person on the planet, right? But rarely do you ever see any insight into him. Like certainly you don't see him get emotional like that. And, you know, we've never really kind of seen that outside of his Hall of Fame speech where you really get to kind of see like the real Mike or just like, you know, whatever. Or and, that you know, Mike is an actual human being and he's not he's just actually, like. He was, yeah, dude, right. he's, he's just like a he's like a mythical character. You know he what is I mean? like, like a mythical character. A, yeah. If any athlete like it, it, I've never seen anything like it. Like I was thinking about this, like Michael Jordan is a mythical character. Like I feel like if I saw Michael Jordan, like I wouldn't really know how to react. You know what I mean? And like. I don't really get starstruck, you know what I mean? But, like, if I saw it, it's just – he's, like, a larger-than-life type person. So, yeah, to see him, you know, do that and um, his speech and, like, have the Jordan meme part and all that and, like, see him break down and talk about their relationship, like, it's clear they had a special relationship um, that, like, you know, we knew that they knew each other and had talked, but I don't think we knew the extent of it. Um, so, you know, I thought that that was really cool. Obviously, the Shaq story was funny, but I think the Jordan – uh, the Jordan one was, you know, probably the, the the biggest one for me outside of the Vanessa Bryant. Yeah, the 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 Jordan being like showing actual emotion and being a human being was you just don't. First off, I've, that's the only the second time I've ever seen it. Like you said, outside of the Hall of Fame speech, and then the Kobe Memorial is the only time I've ever seen him show any type of weakness whatsoever. Right. Like even when they ask him about the like the the Hornets right now, like what's up? This isn't going how you planned. How huh? like still no weakness, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. So that is that's a good point. That hey, this guy's an actual human being, and he's not a mythical character because he does have that mythical, above, out of this world, larger than life figure. You know that that's who Michael Jordan is, right? So that's a good point. Aura. Yeah. My favorite piece was the Shaq story about if you haven't heard the Shaq story essentially he he found he he picks out a, a time when he knew he he finally had or he he won over Shaq's respect was when I guess some of the guys on the team were complaining about Kobe not passing the rock and Shaq said he would go talk to Kobe and Kobe Shaq said there's no I in team but Kobe said yeah but there's an M-E in that motherfucker essentially be like yo nah like this is about me i'm gonna get it done for us go watch that clip it was um it was a very funny it it brought some light to the, the the dark room that was there um i enjoy anytime i can hear a story and obviously i wish it was under different terms but when you hear regular stories and stuff like that from these larger-than-life figures, like when KG and Isaiah Ryder told that story about talking shit to Jordan on the floor, I love that stuff. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, like give me the behind-the-scenes behind the 
raw stories. Um, and yeah. I thought that kind of broke it up a little bit with obviously people were talking about basketball. People were talking about how much of a family man he was, how great of a guy he was. Um, but I enjoyed that story from Shaq just to, to peel even another layer behind the scenes to give a give a true idea of how big of a competitor Kobe actually was. It was it was uh it was very well done. Definitely. Yeah, no, great job, man. Great job uh by you know the Staples Center for putting on an LA the Lakers organization. You know, clearly a first class organization the way they've handled everything and you know, yeah, man, I think uh you know, I think that was fitting for sure. All right, we'll leave Kobe there. Let's move over to the NBA, the association. The association. Hey, speaking of getting behind-the-scenes stories and stuff like that, when you said that, it made me think of this. I don't know if you're listening to it or not, but, uh, you know, obviously you know about, like, all the smoke with Matt Barnes and Stack Jack, which is, gets a lot of publicity. It's yeah. a great podcast where, you know, you, it's cool because these players, they like to talk to other players, and that's when you really get the good interviews. That's when you get those and stories I, I was just talking about, right. Another one that I listen to that I think you would really fuck with heavy is Knuckleheads which is Quinn and Richardson and, and Darius, Darius Miles. Miles. Yeah, yeah. Their shit is great. They start off every podcast by asking a player, when you first got to the league, who's the first person that busted your ass? And it's just fucking awesome, man, because it's always, it's not always, but a lot of times it's like some more like obscure person. You know what I mean? Like, oh, who busted my ass? Someone said like, fuck, what did they say? I heard, the, I heard the Kyrie say Jose Calderon killed his ass. Yeah, yeah, it's people, exactly. It's people like Jose <laughs> Calderon or like, Oh, Mitch Richmond gave me buckets. You know what I mean? Or like Al Jefferson was a problem type shit. Like, yeah, it's really good, man. So those, I love those type of podcasts instead of listening to like you know the standard question and interview. These dudes crack a bottle and uh, right and just tell stories yeah. and just talk about and, you know Q Rich, yeah Q Rich and Darius Miles. They're from the crib, man. They're funny dudes. So yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. The Kyrie one about Jose Calderon is actually hilarious. I think Jose Calderon gave Kyrie Irving like. 35, 9, and 9, something crazy. Right, so, like, which you yeah. wouldn't think, but then it's like, oh, yeah, Jose Calderon did used to get people buckets. And, like, he probably could. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's always some random dude that's going to bust your ass. And that's when you realize it's the league. It's like, damn, Jose Calderon just gave me 30? Hold on. Yeah. No, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But you wanted to talk. You mentioned Embiid getting fired up. He scored 49 last night against the Hawks. Yo, all this against <laughs> against uh, the 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 lonely Hawks. All oh, this—that's a really good basketball organization over there, uh, team. All this and be like swearing by accident and then apologizing after that shit is so corny. He's doing it on purpose. It's not funny. I think people like it. Some people do. I think it's some of the corniest shit out. He swears in past conferences and say, oops, my bad. Like, shit like that. That shit's corny, dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is he a force, though? Yes, he is. Now, you don't think he should be acting like he was for doing that against the Hawks? I mean, listen, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like the fun police or nothing like that. But I think that with all the issues that this team has and just the fact that like, number one, they, they have a tough time playing on the road. Um, it seems like they, you've heard me talk about their offense and the issues I have with that, the issues I have with coaching. I know you have your issues with Ben Simmons. And I think a lot of it, man, it, it, it does revolve around Embiid. And 
I think the corny thing about Embiid to me is like all this, like, ooh, if I get called out, I'm going to respond to it and let you know that I'm going to respond to it. But it's like, bro, where was that energy on Sunday when Giannis came to town? Or I'm sorry, when you went over <laughs> to Milwaukee, you had you had 17 and 11. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see any any crazy shit flicking people off on the court or none of that. Them, I know Giannis came into town, or you went into Milwaukee and got served up like everybody else on a platter. You know what I mean? You had 17 points. So it's like, why are we doing backflips and all this when we beat the Atlanta Hawks? Who was playing center for the Hawks last night? Do you even know? It was Dwayne Dedman and John Collins. Come on now. Stop playing with me, man. Like, yeah, And B all, was all shooting that. 30-footers, though, too. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's great, man. Wonderful. Like, again, man, like, I, I really like Joel Embiid, man. I think when he is on, he's one of the most dominant players in the NBA. The problem with him that, like, and I hate to jump on these bandwagons, but, again, man, he has a very defined on-off switch. And, like, I think if that dude, like, that dude needs to dedicate himself, man. Like, shut the fuck up, go to the gym, put in the work, and be the beast that you can be. Like, that's it. Like, no more talk, man. Like, it's cool when you were younger and all that, and, like, you first came in the league and the, the Shirley Temples and hollering at Rihanna and all that shit. Like, it's all good. But now, like... It's game time now. It's go worse. time. It's go time for the Sixers. Like, you are supposed to be a contending team and it's like to me you're a professional and he does show up out of shape like dog i'm sorry man like get in shape bro like that's your job get in shape you know i mean look at Giannis over there when Giannis, i was watching a video the other day Giannis getting drafted this dude might have been 115 pounds literally bro <laughs> yeah he was like 6'9 115 pounds if you look at Giannis now he is chiseled he's probably put on 40 pounds you know what i mean in the gym making it happen LeBron is out here giving you the blueprint. Go in the gym, take care of your body, and it will pay off for you. And I feel like with Embiid, half the time he's gassed, half the time he's bullshitting. It's clear he can turn it on when he wants to and put up 30 every night. That's what Shaq and them were telling him. You should have 28 every night. You should roll out of bed getting 28 by just fear physical nature. Um, and, like, we're not there, man. And, like, yeah, he, he's a frustrating player to watch, man. Like, he really is because I, I I love the, the dominant big man. You know what I mean? And, like, I feel like this dude could be so much more if he had that real dog in him. It is I, really, I just don't know that he does. It is really infuriating to see pro athletes making tons of money and have an opportunity to make a real big impact on the league come in not. I'm talking about forget about being in shape. Be in tip-top shape. From game one, Jimmy Butler, tip-top shape all the time. All the time. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it, I, this guy, it, it still boggles my mind what Jokic does, and he's completely, like, not in tune till he's not even in decent shape till the, thir- the 30th game of the year. Yeah. So, like, can you imagine if this dude pulled up in crazy shape? Like LeBron and the rest of these guys, that well, spent a summer working out. Yeah, that is really, really uh, infuriating to me for sure. And the, the thing with like these dudes, it's not difficult. Like, yo, you got the bread to hire a chef. You got the bread to have the trainer come to the crib. Like, it ain't, it ain't gotta be too much. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to go take a sick ass vacation, awesome. Just run on the beach in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, it's different. It's a different lifestyle, bro. It's not like you or I decided to get in shape. Yeah, no, I mean, you you could literally have it all laid out for you all day long 
every day, yeah, right? While, while living your life. So he had 49 on 17 of 24 and 14 rebounds, three steals, a block last night. And they did end up winning the game by 17 points. 38 points in the fourth quarter. It wasn't like they, they just scraped by. You don't think he should be celebrating? I guess the the question I wrote You're down. Playing Atlanta, man. The question I wrote down is how do you feel about Embiid getting fired up about beating the Hawks? He did have a career high. He did have 49 and they won by 17. You think he should just keep it moving and just on to the next game? Like keep it moving, man. He should needs to be in keep it moving mode right now. You know what's the funny? Team is not, it's the team is it, not very good. Yeah. He's still fifth in the East. You're fifth in the East. It's so true. Because we don't want like you don't want to be made fun of crying in the in the tunnel on the way out of Toronto. Stay even keel, keep working during the regular season and get to the it it takes an elite talent, an elite guy to kind of play the in between and talk shit and then be very likable and at least for me, I think people he does work for other people. I think it, it it's pushing extreme cornball levels now. And yeah. like you said, his team's not very good. Yeah, the team's not good. There's a whole bunch of problems, and a lot of it is his issue. So before we got on, um, I was listening on the radio on the NBA you know, XM shit, and they gave this number. This is crazy to me. So we talk about how Philly struggles on the road all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, 27-2 at home, they have 36 wins. Yeah, exactly. They're awful on the road. So you know, like, net rating, I think it's points per 100 per 100 possessions or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, points um, per 100 possessions. Yeah. yeah. Points per 100. So at home, right, his offensive net rating is 120. Defensive re- net rating, 99. Like, both of those numbers are, like, elite. top-level yeah. elite players, right? Yeah. At home, <laughs> his offense – I'm sorry. I'm uh, uh, No, that's, that's at home. On the road, his offensive net rating is 105. I'm sorry, his defensive net rating is – Wait, his offensive net rating is 105. His defensive net rating is 110. So are you saying that? What are you saying exactly? So on the road, he's a minus five. At home, he's a plus 21. Is Oh, is that, that's what that nets out to? Yeah. What do you is, – is that – how much of the team factors in that, or does you, you think he just? Well, the team, the team obviously does factor right. into that. But with him being number one, a guy who's going to play a lot of minutes, right? So he's on the floor for most of those games, and he's a focal point. Like for good players that are good on the road, those numbers are going to be strong. He's negative five on the road. He's a zero, less worse than a zero. He's less than a zero. He's, he's <laughs> a negative on the road. Yeah. At home, he's a plus twenty. Yeah. I mean, at, at, at home, they outscored teams by 20. Yeah, that, that that's crazy, dude. 20 points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. On the road, they lose by five points per 100 possessions. He, he's so just, it's like a, it's like a vast difference, right? So if you want to point at their road struggles, yeah, you can look at those numbers by him for sure. Is he is he the most polarizing guy in the league right now on the hoop side? No, I think Russell Westbrook until he's out of the league is the most polarizing player in the NBA for the hoops. Shit. Really? Yeah, always. 
because of what his shooting yeah his whole his whole being yeah i mean it's russ like you yeah i think that whole i think that whole team is just polarizing yeah the rockets in general yeah (laughs) the Uh, whole organization that are crazy they're seven and one since they've gone to ultra small ball yeah they are they lost i think they lost uh the second game because they won the first one and they lost the second one big and yeah they they haven't dropped one since and that was before right before the break but when I hear numbers like that, yeah, maybe he is the most. I mean, that's a huge difference between on the road and at home, and it correlates to wins and losses, right? Because they're a bad road team, according to wins and losses, and they're a good home team, according to wins and losses. So he plays well at home, they win. He plays bad on the road, they lose. I mean, that sums up their season. When I heard that, I was like, that pretty much, I don't need to see anything else. That sums up their season for me. Tobias also helped out with 25 last night, which helps. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Simmons is going to be out for a while, right? Yeah, he's got bad back. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be out for quite a stretch. So we're going to see what... uh, He should average 40, bro. Brett Brown needs to stick his ass in the fucking paint and just give him the ball. And, like, force him to be a beast. I get the pace and space and all that, but when you got a player like that, I've been saying this forever, man. He needs to be just causing... Havoc in the paint. There's nobody that can guard him except for Giannis. Yeah, he struggles with Giannis, bro. <laughs> yeah, everybody struggles with Giannis. Those like those net ratings and shit for like Giannis are like through the roof. Giannis is a 96 overall defensive net rating, which is like historic. I mean, until they figure out. I mean, I think it, it's almost like the Sixers are just whatever at this point, anyway. Especially well, okay, so if, here's their. Here's their schedule coming up. So they got at Cleveland, then at home for the Knicks, then they got a long-ass West Coast trip at the Clippers, at the Lakers, at the Kings, at the Warriors. We'll see. Hey, that trip could break them. Even though only two of those teams are good, that trip could absolutely break them. Yeah, because if they start stringing L's, it, 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 it could get some confidence in them too. It's it's kind of fucked now, right? Because say they go on the road and rip off a bunch of games or start playing extremely well, then here comes the 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 Ben Simmons hate, right? If, yeah. if they don't, then here comes the Embiid hate. So it's it's going to be an interesting stretch for them, and we'll see. Uh, the the playoffs are closer than I even realize. If they go zero four on that road trip, they need to lane Kiffin Brett Brown. <laughs> right there, man. You don't let, remember that he didn't even get on the bus. They yeah. told him like, "Hey, hold on, excuse me, Lane." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember we're not, that. We're not going to be needing you anymore. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the playbook, please. Yeah. yeah, like seriously, right then and there. So I don't know, man. I don't. They were talking about it on uh, Get Up earlier today. Like teams, we wouldn't be surprised if they're a first round exit. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this team lost in the first round. Yeah, me either. Absolutely not. Like the way that they're scheduled to play right now. So they're in that sixth or their fifth spot. They're going to play Miami. Like, come on, man. If Miami has home field advantage, Miami, yeah, home court advantage, that's, that's, that's over in five. I agree. Let's move Jimmy on. got real hard. Let's move on. To, yeah, they do got hard. Shout out, shout out Jimmy B. Yep. Is it time to for the free Brad Beal movement? Back-to-back 50-point games in Washington. He's been on a tear. First time since someone's gone for 50, uh, 50, 250 pieces back-to-back since Kobe in 07. 
How you feel about Brad? Or I'll, I'll lay it out to you like this: Is it time for the free Brad, uh, uh Brad Beal movement, or is it? Hey man, you got paid. You took that money. You stayed. You knew he knew what you knew what this shit was gonna be. Yeah. So uh, like, should I, we should we should we just let him go out there and just score forty a night and and collect his checks and just let him reap what you sow? Yeah, I mean, first off, free bad Brad Beal. Just I hate to see really good players on bad. Teams, yeah, me too, man. It is at brutal. The same time. And, like, I can't never blame anybody for taking that Supermax, especially someone like Brad Beal, who, let's be honest, isn't making that money up off the court. You know what I mean? Like, he's not really a dynamic personality like that. Right, right, right. He's, like, pitching products and shit. Um, At the same time, look, bro, you knew they owed John Wall $160 million, and that contract is immovable. That contract is cement. It's cement in Washington, D.C. It's not going anywhere. It's in the ground. You could not trade that. If there's not any, no circumstance will you ever be able to move off that deal. So knowing that that's what's going to happen, and you're going to take up another 35 million. Like, yeah, you knew the situation over there. Just you knew what it was going to be. Yeah, you, you, did you knew know. there was no room for improvement. <laughs> John Wall is literally taking. John Wall hasn't played this year, has he? No, no, is no. He hell a, no. Is he even around? I, yeah. What yeah, is he doing? He was at the Kentucky game the other night. Yeah, he's big chilling. Dumb chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, John Wall. but yeah, I mean, you knew what the situation was going to be, man. If you really wanted to go to a winning situation, then you had to do, yeah, what some of these other guys have done and really forego that Supermax. That's what it is. That's what the league is telling you. Take the Supermax and stay in your current situation or say goodbye to $40 million and, and move on. And that's exactly what million, 60 million, whatever it is. That yeah. is exactly what it is. And I like you said, free Brad, free Brad. Why can't I say this? Why can't I say uh, Brad's name? Brad What's going Beal. on, G? Yeah. Free Brad Beal because he's a talent in a in a in a loose. He doesn't get to play over Bertans though, so that's fun. Yeah, Bertans got the Bert, what? That boy got that fire throw, <laughs> flamethrower. <laughs> <The> flame <laughs> he does get to play with Bertans though. Bertans is averaging fifteen a game. But like you said, look, it's either you you give up that extra 35, 40 M's and leave and go somewhere else, or you stay and drop 40 point, have 40, 40, 50 point games and losses in Washington. This year, Brad Beal has a 55 point game and a loss, a 53 point game and a loss, a 47 point game and a loss, a 46 point game and a loss, a 44 point game and a loss. A forty-two point game and a loss, a forty-point loss, and a thirty-seven-point loss. The one game he had forty and, ha- and got a win, it, he had forty-four, and he had to have ten assists too. That was the one that got a W. So it, it it's ugly out there for for Brad and Washington, but that is what he signed up for. Listen, man, and, and looking at their situation, it doesn't get much better. So Washington's payroll this year. John Wall, $38 million. Brad Beal, $27 million. Jan Mahenmi, $15 million. Yeah. CJ Miles, $8.7 million. Shout out CJ Miles. Thomas Bryant. I watch a lot of NBA basketball. I do not know who Thomas Bryant is. <laughs> he's, he's making $8 million. Shout out Davis Bertans. He's getting $7 million, but like oh, well, that's getting He's getting million. got. But it's like, dude, that, 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 yeah, a lot of these deals, Bryant's deal goes till 21 22. John Wall's deal goes till 
John Wall has a player option for forty-seven million in two thousand twenty-two that you can go ahead and already <laughs> listen. Hey, listen. Just hey, 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 hey. hey. I'm, gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. Yo, no. Shout out to his agent because that's just a cruel joke. Like that shit's in blue on hoop site. You can go ahead and make that joint black. That's already he accepted that shit two years ago. Oh, like. A forty-seven, yo! I had never. I knew the contract was real fucked up, but I had never heard someone say it out loud like that. That is uh, insane. John Wall, thirty-eight this year, forty-one next year, forty-four the year after that, and then a player option for forty-seven million. No wonder he's chilling at the Kentucky game. He's big killer, bro. He's like, what? He's like, hey, man, they still owe me one hundred and thirty million after this. This is crazy. He's got thirty. Way well over thirty plus a year coming every year till twenty twenty three. That's insane. 40, over forty plus. No, it's, it starts at forty one next year. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's oh, crazy. I never, I never, I never heard it out loud. I knew it was, I knew it was oh. od, but that's wild. And if you're Brad Beal, listen to this. Brad Beal's making twenty eight million next year, and John Wall's making forty one, and John Wall doesn't even play. He's hot. <laughs> he's not a bad deal at that. <laughs> he didn't even sign a good deal to stay with a bad team. <laughs> hey, listen to this. I was just on Twitter. Shout out this guy. At, uh, it's uh, some guy on Twitter named Backdoor Bobby. He said, Brad Beal got to beat John Wall ass. You've been out here smoking woods and popping perks with Trouble and Shy Glizzy, handing out weak-ass John Wall shots in Lexington, and here I am dropping, dropping 50, fighting for my life every night. <laughs> every night, yeah. I'm trying to tell you. Oh uh, man, that's I so John funny! I saw at the Bulls game when we played the Wizards. Carefree, you could—he uh, was sitting across from me. You could feel the carefree energy. Just could feel the ca- could, could feel it. I, I got so much palpable. Money. <laughs> Whole lot of money. Yo, he got that same. Uh, he got that same aura as uh, Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. Aura. They both got that. Otto Porter Jr. and John Wall got the same aura. I think Otto Porter has six chains on the other day on the bench. <laughs> I told you I saw Otto. I saw Otto in Vegas at the Cosmo. It was summer league. He walked in, and I was just like, "This guy, this guy just feel like a bunch of free cash." He just he 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 in such high spirits. He got so much bread. Yeah, we still owe him about sixty million dollars. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of Otto Porter, like quick bull, and is he, what what is his? I read Yo. somewhere. Like in January that he was due back in two weeks, and it's fucking uh, almost March. No one's asking, and and I I don't really know where he is, bro. He he's hurt. He's yeah, trying he's to hurt. get up out of here. Is what he's trying to do. I don't think he cares. Yeah, he might not. He's at the bank. He's good. Wow, what a what a what an incredible situation. What yeah, an incredible what a, league yeah. for the players. We have thirty million to be they, Otto Porter Jr. They are most most people couldn't pick him out of a lineup, and he makes thirty million dollars a year. Meanwhile, hey, meanwhile, hey, meanwhile, Dak can't get a contract. Meanwhile, Dak fighting for his life, Dak making half a million. Dak can't even. Dak getting left on red, and fucking uh, Otto Porter out here getting. 30 Otto million. Porter ignoring <laughs> ignoring everybody and just making thirty mil. <laughs> Shut up, Andre Iguodala told everybody. Andre Iguodala told everyone he wasn't going to play, then got traded and signed another and signed a new deal. Dak's <laughs> out here putting up numbers. He can't get a hey Dak man, fly into ORD and come out at us, man. man. We got a spot for, you, bro. for real, bro. I'll give you thirty million right now. <laughs> Let's move off of uh, Brad. Hey, free Brad Bill. 
Now, this is so funny, bro. What would Zion Williamson have to do to win Rookie of the Year over John Morant? Stop all this. It's, it's a, you think it's impossible. Can't happen. Shouldn't it's impossible. happen. People like to compare it to that Embiid-Brogdon year where Brogdon still ended up winning, but people were trying to make a case for Embiid. But the gap between I mean, Embiid it could even Brogdon, be as close as last year with Doncic and uh, Trey Young. The, the gap between Embiid and Brogdon is way wider than the gap between Morant and uh, Zion is. Like, I get it. They, they, they've won a bunch of games. They might end up making this playoff push. They might end up beating John Morant to the play and taking his team out. I get it, but nah, man, there's just not going to be enough body of work, man. You can't come back a week before the break and then win Rookie of the Year. It's just I, I, I can't do that. I'm not going. Even if, even if he continues to go, because what he scored twenty plus in what? How many games straight now? Um, he been balling. Well, he scored like ten out of twelve or something like that. So if, if he out of if he keeps going for. 20 plus a game and they make the playoffs then what no still can't give it to him i think if john morant falls off a cliff like completely but john morant is still averaging 18 and 7 zion williamson last eight games 25.7 rebounds three assists on almost 60 percent from the floor he's the youngest in nba history to score 20 points he has he's done that in eight straight games first rookie since jordan to score 25 points on uh, 57% plus shooting in four straight games. And then what and, and, then, and, and then what if he beats out Mor- Morant's Grizzlies for the playoffs? Still can't yeah, give it to him? No, that's, a, that's all great, man. I, that's that's wonderful. I love it all. I'm, I'm just, I need the whole year. I'm not I'm not backing down on this one. You said it's not, it's again, not rookie of half the year. If it was between like Zion and fucking R.J. Barrett or something, I'd be like, okay, because R.J. hasn't been that great. Or, like, he's been whatever. You know what I mean? But Zion, uh, Morant's been spectacular all year and put his team in position. So it's kind of like, I mean, Morant would have to lose it for me. Like, he would literally have to lose the award. I don't know. I, I feel like Morant's been great. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Pelicans have a, a lot better pieces and Way player, better players around them. And I think for Memphis to even be in the discussion – for making the playoffs in his rookie year, and he's been doing it all year, and he's not even—he's playing like twenty-eight minutes a game. Yeah, he's not even playing thirty minutes. He's not a even night. playing thirty minutes a night. Yeah, I mean, I—I'm I, with you. I'm gonna—I would have to keep it. Something ridiculous would have to happen for Zion to win it from Ja for me. But it is an interesting narrative to see this guy's all of a sudden scoring twenty-five a night, and then they—they they go up there and get like the six or the what if they got like the seven seed Who, in the West the Pelicans. They're not catching Dallas. That's that's impossible. But you know, yeah. I mean, if they went on a yeah, they'd have to win like fifteen if, straight. But if, if they just uh, went on a crazy tear, is it that many? I I don't have this. Let me pull up the standings. So yeah, Dallas is thirty five and twenty three, and New Orleans is twenty five and thirty two. So I mean, they're, they're ten games behind. Them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not possible. So the eight. Yeah. The eight. Um. Well, I guess it is. If Luca gets hurt again, Dallas is really bad without Luca. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. I just, again, like kind of what you just said, Memphis has no business being in the playoff discussion. This was this team, yeah, the number two pick in the draft last year. Memphis was never supposed to be in front of Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Phoenix, or Sacramento. Yeah, not at all. Like, put them down there with Minnesota and Golden State. We know why they're in front of Phoenix. You said because Devin Booker? 
Yeah, we know why. We got an imposter. <laughs> there. We got, Dude, get off got, my guy. Hey, Dude, empty, free empty Devin chest. Booker. Hey, hey, Coke Zero. That's Devin Booker. Coke Zero, baby. <laughs> <laughs> free my guy, D Book. Coke man. Zero. Get my guy on the diet, spot, hey, man. Diet Coke Zero looking at. No, <laughs> hell no. I'm, not, I'm not fucking with Devin Booker. He said, D Book RC. If you mean to tell me that John Morant can take his squad to the playoffs and Devin Booker can't, I've seen enough. I'm good. So Devin ain't got no heart. Zero. Zero fucking, yeah, man. I'm, you know, he got the all-star game. It's all good. But no, I'm not. I need Book to win more than 30 games in a year for me to uh, give him a second thought. But yeah, um, I, I got Morant, man. Again, it's nothing against Zion. Zion's been spectacular. Zion's been way better than I thought. I thought that it would take a while for them to figure out how they wanted to use him. I didn't realize that he is pretty much plug and play. Um, and they don't necessarily even have to call plays. Plug for him. and he's play. Just all over the place. Yeah, he's plug and play. You just throw him in there and he's ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting any of that. If he starts hitting threes, like, forget about it. Yeah, that means. That's it, it goes that goes to so many players, but yeah, man, I would love to see him develop some type of J. It'd be it'd be really stupid. All right, so we're both said, gonna uh, did you hear what Bill Simmons said? He said he heard from some people that Zion's over three hundred pounds. No. I wouldn't for, doubt it. Yeah. For yeah, who? I, uh he said he had heard from some some of his people that he's over three hundred pounds. That's the that's the whispers. Like he's Dog, getting I, bigger? Yeah, well, he's just over three. He was been over three hundred pounds. So he yeah. was at like three fifteen. <laughs> yeah, and now I mean, look at him, bro. Look at his. La- he can't. The, he can't fit the jersey. Jersey's like tight. His jersey looks like dry fit on his ass. <laughs> yeah, it is. His shorts right up in the middle. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, <laughs> just like Lululemon, bro. Like, yeah, that shit doesn't even look right on him, bro. So, I think my man's three hundred something pounds. That's a big country motherfucker, and his head is big as fuck too. Like, yeah, he might be throwing. He pounds. just. He just looks like a he- like he just looks heavy. Like if you bumped into him, you'd be like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this dude, just like a fire hydrant, big. Like I know, like we we clown his fits. I don't know if there's clothes that'll look good on him. <laughs> might, you know what I'm saying? Like he might need to have like Gucci himself make him some type of shit. You know, like he needs that straight <laughs> custom. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he, he, he can't buy nothing. Off the rack has been over with, but there might not be a tailor stateside that can help him out. Yeah, I mean, he might need that super special because, uh, yeah, he, he just looks – he's so big, bro. Yeah, he's I mean, a monster, man. He he's, is a, he's a he's monster. A I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, I just want him to keep playing well. I'm not going – Another guy, if he came in in tip-top shape, be different too. Yeah, and for him, you know, he's young, man. He has an excuse. When you're 19, you don't really know how to be in tip-top shape. You don't know, you know how, how to mean? be a but, pro, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if we're looking five years down the line like we are with Embiid, five or six years down the line, um, and he's still not in shape, I'm going to say the same thing, man, because, yeah, like, no, that's your job. You're a professional athlete. Be in shape. Be in good shape. That's all. Let's move on to segment three and the final segment of this No Catch-Up Sports Talk via Chicago with Sean Little, the big Nick, the quick. NFL Combine. Combine. Where are you at with the Combine? I don't care too much Who about cares, it. right? Yeah, it's like a dog and pony show to me. It's interesting sometimes. I like to watch the 40s. I think that shit's fun. I think that's cool. Yeah. I do like to watch the quarterbacks throw. I think... I don't know. I don't have the answer for this for the quarterback throwing stuff, and obviously they have a bunch of tape of them playing actual real games. 
But I I mean, this throwing on air in a t-shirt does nothing for me. Nothing. No pressure. Yeah. Like, I like to watch it, but it doesn't prove to me that, like, that they're going to be good or you might, I guess you could see the ball come out of their hand, but they're not even wearing pads. Yeah. So like, what, what, what is this? Right? Like, I guess if a guy's inaccurate, it would, it would probably make me be like, Hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Like if he uh, came out and was, yeah. uh, it was erratic in the, yeah. Yeah. It's and like, he, wait, hold on. Yeah. You can't do it under, under this situation. That's interesting. But yeah, no, I don't, none of those things really, uh, None of none of them really move anything for me, really. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, you can really see maybe for the corners the the change of direction with the shuttle and the cone drills, and you get to see DBs trying to catch the ball in their hands. Yeah, that could be a useful drill to 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 get up close and watch. Big news coming out broke yesterday was Joe Burrow has little hands. Yep. Hands are nine inches. That's on the small side. Patrick Mahomes showed love. Burrow tweeted out that I, I have been informed that I have small hands. I'm contemplating retirement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that was funny. Yeah, and Mahomes retweeted it and said, I got nine and a quarter hands, and they've been treating me all right. And, you know, shit's been working out for me. Is this a talking point, non-talking point? Or is it just we need some NFL stories? So this is one. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing. But to me, it's not like for a guy like Burrow, whose film from last year is incredible. Like, I think that tells the story. I guess the NFL ball is a little bit bigger. and They're concerned that he's you know most likely going to be playing in the AFC North where it's cold and things like that. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. The one thing I did think of when they talk about how small his hands were, though, remind me of Rex Grossman. That was one of the big knocks on him when he came out, and clearly it was an issue for him, among other things. So, uh, you know, he couldn't hold on to the ball. But I think Burrow, I'm, I'm not too worried about it, man. It, you got to find something. You know what I mean? So, whatever. If they were, like, crazy small, like he had – so I guess if nine is considered small, if you're like, yo, he has like seven and a half inch hands, I'd be like, all right, that's probably an issue. But no, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not tripping off that. Kyler Murray had smallest hands, nine and a half inches. He he's got smaller hands than Kyler Murray. Well, and Kyler Murray's a little dude. Right. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. This guy from Utah State had ten ten inches, ten and in like pretty much. Almost eleven inch hands. That's biggest set of hands everyone's seen. Since. Jordan is that the black the black dude, light skin buddy? Yeah, Jordan Love. Yeah, but then yeah, but shout then out him, man. and you know who else had really big hands? Who? Paxton Lynch. Yeah, he's out the league. Cody Kessler. So like, I'm not trying to hear about that shit. Yeah. If you could play, you could play. You, yeah, the thing with the combine, somebody said it earlier. They're like, it pretty much it'll confirm. It should be used to confirm suspicions but not necessarily bring up new ones. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I like look, that. Okay, is this guy just play fast or is he actually fat? You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. This dude looks like he plays fast. Let's see how fast he actually is. Okay, he runs a 4-5 like this dude's fast. You know what I mean? Or this dude looks slow. Okay, he's slow. You know, he doesn't look like to be the greatest athlete. He looks like a freak athlete. Let's just confirm that stuff. But I don't think you should be – you should really be going to the film, man. The film. Look, I think What's that there, the should be, there should be baselines to be an NFL player at a certain position. But like again, man, like you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about all that stuff. 
This is like when they try to tell me that Kevin Durant couldn't bench 225. So he was going to be a bust in the league. Right. This yeah, is, yeah. This you is actually exactly like that 30, almost. 30 points a game. Or to a different point when the Bears drafted the guy who could jump out the swimming pool and was out of the league. <laughs> six months later. Like, it doesn't mean anything, bro. Like, we got to start. You say it all the time. Use your eyes. Use your eyes, bro. Don't let. It's, look it's, at. Just watch. Just open watch. your eyes and look at what's happening. It'll yeah. tell you everything. Like, forget about all these metrics and measurements. This guy can play quarterback. I think it's con- – people are talking about is Tua Tungavaloa the real deal. What? Yeah, I, what do you mean? <laughs> what Who are you? What are you – what are you – Where have you been? Where have you been? Watch the film. Go watch the tape. I read a headline today. Why Lewis, this is Lewis Riddick. Why Lewis Riddick is convinced Tua Tungavailoa is the real deal? Yeah, because he has fucking two eyeballs. Because he has two eyes and he's watching. And he watched that. And he watched him play in the SEC. What, what, what do you mean? Of course, like. Oh, it's the same as Lam- the Lamar. Ja- Should we be surprised that Lamar Jackson's good? No, motherfucker. He won the Heisman as a junior, sophomore, whatever it was. Right. He was putting up video game numbers. He was making people look stupid. Yeah, what do you mean? I don't understand. You know what I mean? It happens with basketball all the time. Like, oh, man, we, we really missed on this guy. It's like, well, you were just weren't watching. Open your eye. Watch the tape. You're not, you're not watching. You need to watch the film. Watch the film. <laughs> the film don't lie, man. Watch the, the film. film. Lie. The film don't lie. Film does not so, lie. Leave it at that. So, leave it at that. I do have one last question I yeah. want to ask you. Speaking of the film not lying and using your eyes. Right? Since you're like Mr. Use Your Eyes and we should never let what we're seeing lie to us, are we discounting the Milwaukee Bucks? Like, is, are we going to look up in June when Giannis is holding up the trophy and being like, How did they the get here? Even yeah. Why maybe. are we talking about anybody else? It's, it's, like, it's very, very possible, bro. Like, they thrash everybody every night. They just thrash. Like, it's not even, last night was close, but like, other than that, they thrash people. Giannis is clearly the best player in the league right now. You know, it's just like, are we overthinking this? Are we trying? Like, to should find we be, should we be finding a should we be at the window betting Bucks to win the championship? That's what you're saying. Exactly. Like, yeah. Why, why aren't we using our eyes with the Bucks? Like, what don't we trust? Uh, we don't trust Is what Nick, Middleton. We don't trust what Nick Nurse did to, uh, Giannis last year, and LeBron is very scary out west. But yeah, I mean, for I, I think it's a surefire they win the East. Yeah, I, don't, I feel very 40, 49ers-ish about them. Yeah. Like, I, it's I, like, what are we what are we talking about? What are they're we talking like, about? Boston, yeah. very good. I don't think they're going to beat those guys. Yeah, who in the East could beat them? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. We, we might want to punch some uh, Bucks to win the East tickets. I mean. Yeah, I, just, I feel yeah. like we could be looking at the East. Yeah, the East, I think. Yeah, that, that's a wrap. I mean, they should be able to win the East, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's like. Yeah, what are, are we, we going to be like? Oh, the Bucks won. Like, yeah, the Bucks are in the finals. Like, yeah, no shit. They I'm so surprised. Like Twenty five points. No, yeah. you're not. <laughs> they just literally <laughs> every single night. Right, right. And, yeah, and I was looking at their thing. No one, none of their players play over thirty minutes a game. They just no. They just cruise, fire threes, play good D, and Giannis does his thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And Giannis has thirty and fifteen every night. Like, is he, is the MVP locked hundred. up there too? Oh God, it has to be. Right, has to be right. It has to be back to back. And the thing with Giannis is, like, he actually averages, like, every night it is 30 and 15. You know what I 
know what I mean? Because he doesn't play crazy minutes, you don't see like the 50 point games, but like he literally goes out there. He gives you a point per minute. Like it's just stupid. In a and, w. and a rebound, and a rebound every two minutes. In like, a W. In a W. And affects the defense. He doesn't say anything. It isn't out here Joel and beating and cursing and flipping people off. <laughs> exactly right. Just goes to the gym. Watch the tape. Yeah, watch the film, man. <laughs> For Big Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. That's no catch up sports talk via Chicago. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Tell your homies. Go give us a review if you can, man. I appreciate it. Show some love. Go to NoCatchOfChicago.com. Go get some merch. Go get a t-shirt. Go get a hat. Rock it around town. Big Nick the Quick. I am your host, Sean Little. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. Rest in peace, Cope. <laughs>